You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. CampusToCanton.com is taking it to another level. Starting August 28th, book in your college Saturday with the C2C team in every Saturday of the college football regular season. At 10 a.m. Eastern, come join the tailgate as we get you ready for the Saturday slate of games, start sits, players to keep an eye on, and college DFS lineups. Then the Late Show with Coast to Coast. We take you around the country to recap the significant fantasy performances, whose values increased or decreased the most, and those out-of-nowhere players that have to be considered for waivers. Do this right now. Go to the Campus to Canton YouTube page. That's Campus, the number two, Canton, and subscribe. Turn on notifications. You don't want to miss what we have going on. The tailgate in the morning, coast to coast to tuck you in at night. CampusToCanton.com has you covered for the most anticipated college football season ever. Go do it now. Go to the YouTube page and subscribe. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block Ripping up fantasy stock Working around the clock Look at the view from the top mm. Researching rookies a lot No, I just be listening to pods Yeah, one in particular I'm just a messenger Let me just pass on the rock uh. Browning, brunning, bruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett Yeah the man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slice a fox, cultured in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Woo. Fantasy round Table. Come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What is going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. It is Thursday, and we have football back. From this point, moving forward, we will not go a weekend without NFL or college football until February. We survived another offseason, Matt. It feels, it feels good to finally be back to what we truly love because – we all know we hate the offseason. Back into what is probably a little early to call NFL season, but I'm going to do it anyways because we do get to see an NFL game tonight. How excited are you for the probably five minutes we're all going to spend watching the NFL game? Uh, the what, Hall of Fame game between Steelers-Cowboys, is that correct? I don't even That is correct. Okay. 
likely no Dak. Uh, we know no Amari Cooper. I don't think we're going to see Gallup. Uh, it's not going to be a lot of the Cowboys A team, but it will be exciting to be out there. I'm kind of curious to see what the Cowboys backup quarterbacks look like. Curious to see what the tight ends look like. I hope we get to see a little bit of Najee Harris. Uh, it'll be nice to have some real football. The It was funny, the memes last weekend were that it was the last Sunday without football, and I was thinking to myself, that no, yeah, nothing this. this there's nothing this Sunday, and there's nothing the the last Sunday before September either. Well, I mean, you got college football on, I think, that Sunday. So you know, you know, if you want to count that, you know, I think it's probably well, going to okay, end up being like meme, an Air Force. Their meme game, was but. that it was the last Sunday uh, without NFL. NFL. Gotcha. <laughs> yes, that's why when I put out my tweet this morning, I, I worded that as a no more football because. I, I knew some people were going to say that, and we do have at least college football as well. Fills in uh, that always is uh, that whole weekend, which I love. I actually think they do most of that week now. The past couple of years, like they've even had games uh, on Monday night football, Friday night, the the week that the NFL takes off for the for the preseason stuff. So I'm excited. Uh, obviously, you know, not a lot we're going to take away from the uh, the Hall of Fame game tonight. But again, like you mentioned, it's going to be nice to see them out there. We didn't even get this last year. Didn't get any preseason games last year because of COVID. So just trying, being able to see all that stuff come back in the hopes of with all of the, you know, I think we can be honest, all the doom and gloom we're hearing all over the place right now with other things in, in life. It's nice to at least hopefully get something back that we all love. So I am definitely excited about that. For today's episode, we are going to continue talking about our 2021 rankings. We went through uh, top 20 with Dennis uh, on Monday. Today, Matt and myself, we're going to go 21 through 40, and then we will finish up our wide receiver rankings on Monday, possibly with or with Dennis. Hasn't been confirmed. Again, top secret mission out in Hawaii. We're not sure he's going to be able to break away uh, and come help us. So you might just get me and Matt again on Monday, but uh, that will finish up the wide receiver ranks. So let's kick it off. Right where we left yep. off, we, we finished with Deontay Johnson at 20. So coming in at 21 for us was Jamar Chase, 23.67 in the consensus. Dennis had him at 21. Matt, you had him at 23. And then I had him at 27. And we talked a little bit about air uh, or off air about this. this. is actually on Tuesday. I keep saying Monday, and we haven't been on Monday the past couple weeks. But on Tuesday when we did this episode, I mentioned to you, Jamar Chase was my wide receiver of, I kept wanting to move him higher, but wide receiver is so good in this area that it was really kind of hard for me to move him up any higher. I wanted to get him into that wide receiver two range where you and Dennis did, but someone pointed out uh, to me that Joe Burrow wasn't quite as good as we thought he was last year, that he was on par with the rookie quarterbacks. But if you go back and look at what he was doing compared to some of the other guys, he was mostly doing that with volume, but if you looked at the advanced stats, they weren't quite as good as we maybe thought they were, and that's probably going to happen this year. You know, you've mentioned it multiple times, coming back from a very serious knee injury, and the one thing we've all talked about as well, a really bad offensive line. And he's not probably going to be able to use his legs as well as he was last year. So does that worry you at all about Chase, even though he's likely going to be the one finishing in that wide receiver two territory? I mean, I suppose a little, but I think, um, you know, an issue probably for them was that uh, A.J. Green wasn't particularly efficient either. Um, so, 
you know, maybe that, that hurts a little bit. It was when T Higgins came on a little bit later in the season. that I think things picked up. He has more of a rapport already built with Jamar chase. Um, I think one of those receivers finishes at least in the low end wide receiver too. I do not have Higgins or Boyd obviously up in the wide receiver two range. So he was the one I put in there. I will say I had lowered burrow a little bit to be a high end QB two in the last couple of weeks. And the one thing that gives me pause is Twitter was ablaze yesterday with some really unflattering reports of where he's at. And it's still early in training camp. But if we get out there and we see that he's struggling, you know, and he goes more the Daniel Jones year two route than what we're expecting, then I will be worried. Yeah, and I mean, I'll be honest. I was—I've been the one who's been highest on him this entire process because I, I kept talking about that interview he gave. I, I know it was on SiriusXM. I heard it. I can't remember the exact channel now, uh, but he talked about he gave an interview and said he was already at eighty-five percent, and this was like three months ago. So you're already thinking, okay, hey, you're at eighty-five percent. You should be hopefully be able to get pretty close to one hundred by the time the season kicks off. Now we're just a month away from the season kicking off, and it's not sounding like he's gotten much better since that point. So you, you've you been one who's been pumping the brakes on that uh, since then, just talking about, hey, like this is it, – it's not going to be easy. This is going to be a big deal for him. It was a very serious knee injury. Definitely something to watch. I agree. You know, that was one thing I took away from yesterday. I saw Jamar Chase give an interview that his chemistry he had with Joe Burrow has carried over from LSU. For anybody who may not remember, they had – not even arguably the most explosive offense in college football history uh, that year that LSU went on and went to the national championship and won the national championship. So that they, if they can continue doing that, they're definitely going to put up some magical numbers, but they're going to need Burrow to stay healthy for that to happen. And I think that's a big key. That's one of the big keys I have that worries me a little bit about Jamar Chase still up at 27. So not, not horrible value. Uh, at 22, we have Kenny Galladay coming in at 24 in the consensus. I have him at 24. Dennis has him at 23. And Matt, you have him at 25. So just outside the, the wide receiver two range for you, me and Dennis literally, literally right on the edge. Um, we know that he's great. And when he's on the field, he's very good. I don't know if you saw the report about him today. Yeah, already got banged out up. Out two to three weeks because of a hamstring. How worried are, are we about this moving forward? So he's a guy that I love the player. I love the talent. We've talked about this many times. There were some versions of this where I had him up in wide receiver two range. I ended up dropping him down because I have a few concerns. One, him being able to stay healthy, um, you know, and it was not a, a great sign to see he's already dealing with an injury. Two, um, we've seen a lot of times the first year receiver moves over into a new system. It can take a while to acclimate. That's even more true with the kind of style of passing game that Jason Garrett runs. Three, I'm not as bullish on Daniel Jones as others. I'm not as bullish on the Giants passing offense as others. And then finally, the the kind of competition. I mean, you've already heard talk that Jason Garrett's excited. He can run these two tight end sets with two awesome tight ends. That worries me. You know, they also drafted Kadarius Tony, signed John Ross, have Darius Slade and have Sterling Shepard. They're like, we've got a lot of great receivers so we can rotate them around. That's not what you want to hear. Yeah. I mean, I hope, I mean this with all due respect, I don't hope Jason Garrett pulls his head out of his ass, but uh, I, I have gotten a little bit more worried about that as well as you brought that up and kind of looking at this. I, I've definitely been one of the guys uh, higher on Daniel Jones than most. 
And again, I'll be fully honest. Some of that is I have many shares of him, and I, I believe that he can turn it around. He's still, I think, a very good quarterback. My biggest issue has just been, obviously, the team cr- kind of crumbling around him last year, and then obviously the the turnovers, which has been a two-year problem since since he's been in the league. So he, he definitely needs to clean that up a little bit. But I do expect him to have a little bit of a bounce-back year this year. But I am a little bit worried about Kenny Galladay, especially with the injuries. I'm, I mean, we, you know, if you go back and look at him last year when he was on the field with Detroit, he's a top-five wide receiver. Then the injuries happen, and that's not going to help you in your fantasy leagues. And with his ADP, he's still being drafted, I believe, as like a, a a wide receiver too. And I think he can outproduce that, but being on the field is going to be a major, major factor with him. And just looking at some of the guys in this range just that we have, Deontay Johnson, Jamar Chase, Kenny Galladay is in this range. Obviously, we're talking about uh, a couple guys below him that we're about to talk about. Julio Jones, Brandon Ayuk, Cortland Sutton, DJ Chark, Adam Thielen, Juju Smith-Schuster, T. Higgins. I think I might take most of those guys over Galladay because I'm not as worried about them with the injuries outside of Cortland Sutton, but he hadn't really had many injuries. It was one season ender last year. I think – those guys all for me scream more consistency and health than Kenny Galladay does. So it's going to be hard to take him over some of those guys in this range. It does worry, worry me, but if he does end up staying healthy, I think he's a guy that we all have in the low wide receiver two range that could easily shoot up to as high as like the 12 to 15 range. Do you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, we've seen it before. He has the explosive ability. It's going to be touchdowns going to be kind of the yardage how high volume so we'll see i i like the talent it's just those were the the questions i had kind of health and then offense in general and the adjustment all right so at number 23 we have julio jones consensus at 24 tied with kenny galladay uh matt and myself both have him at 21 and dennis has him at 30 so, Matt, we, we talked a little bit about it when the trade happened, but your thoughts on him coming over here to Tennessee and why you don't think this is going to be a, a massive hit to his value. Yeah, and I will say he, health would be another uh, – yeah. he would be another guy where health and, and the early report that he's already a little banged up and they're having to protect him for the regular season uh, did not make my heart go pitter-pat. Yeah. But, I mean, he's a great receiver. He's a great talent. I think being opposite A.J. Brown is actually going to mean that they can't smother cover him. It's going to be as good for him as it was when he was with Calvin Ridley. And uh, we've seen the second wide receiver in Tennessee provide plenty of value. Corey Davis was, I believe, wide receiver 30 last year. Uh, You can't tell me you don't think Julio Jones, even at this stage of his career, isn't nine spots better than Corey Davis. Yeah, I you know we talked about it, so I don't want to beat a beat a dead horse here, but I, I agree. I mean, AJ Brown is going to be—I can't say the—I actually could say the best because I think he's better than Calvin Ridley. I, I don't mean any disrespect, Calvin Ridley, in that he's one of the best wide receivers he's going to have opposite of him at this point in time in the past couple of years. You know, while Tennessee, the argument that Tennessee doesn't have a high volume passing offense is true. Ryan Tannehill still, I think, passes it enough. And and I, I continue to say they didn't just trade for Julio Jones for no reason. I do think that they plan on using him more in the passing game. Arthur Smith is gone. I understand they still have Derrick Henry. But even if they take away four or five carries from Derrick Henry, and I, I know not each one of those passes is going to go to 
to um, Julio Jones. But if they make more passes, the one thing I'll say is their te- the Tennessee Titans defense is still not very good. Uh, so I think they're going to continue to be in probably more shootouts this year. I, I think Julio is going to get enough volume to keep him as a wide receiver too. Uh, I, you know, I don't think he's, I think his wide receiver one days are over, but I don't think that's kind of surprising to anybody that, that people would think that, uh, but wide receiver two value, I still think is there for him. Wide receiver 24, Brandon Ayuk comes in at 24.67 in the consensus. I had him at 23, Dennis 24, Matt, you had him at 27. I think the biggest thing here with the 49ers receivers, something Matt, you and me talked about, I believe off air was we think at least one of these guys is going to be good. We just don't know who. And for me, it's more Brandon Ayuk. I think he's going to be more consistent. Uh, you, If you um, go back to, and now I can't remember what week that was, the week that all their wide receivers had COVID. I can't remember what it was. It was like a Richie James game. I remember that. I remember he was the wide receiver that went off uh, for the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan gave an interview, and he said that they had planned – a ton of touches for Brandon Ayuk in that game. And then they ended up going to Richie James. And if you see in the game that Richie James had, and then think, well, hell, if Brandon Ayuk was out there, he'd have been even better. I, I think that they want to scheme around Brandon Ayuk. I think the offense is going to run through him, George Kill, and probably Debo while he's out there. But I think Ayuk's just a tad bit better. I don't have the fears of injuries that I do with Debo. So Ayuk was the guy that I went all the way up here in this range. What was the deciding factor for you? between Ayuk and uh, Debo. Yeah, I like Ayuk. I like his potential um, a little bit more. I also think that Debo Samuel, we've seen him struggle with injuries both years he's been in there. Um, you know, I think they're they're both decent receivers. I'd probably have them both higher, you know, when, when we know that we're moving. If Trey Lance is what we think he is, and we know he's the guy. I still believe they're at least the beginning, but may, personally, I think for a lot of the season, we're going to see Jimmy G. Yeah. George Kittle is there. He's the number one pass catcher uh, in that offense. And then I think Ayuk will be the number one receiver. I mean, for me, he's just slightly out of wide receiver two range at, at 27. Um, that's I think he demonstrated a lot of good talents, going to take a little bit of a step forward, seemed to be very productive last year. I still like Samuel as long-term potential. I just – I'm not sure it's high volume enough, at least as that's currently constructed, to support all those guys being great. You know, you can't have everybody wide receiver ones and twos and tight end one and have a quarterback where I have – you know, Jimmy G, I'm pretty sure I had him quarterback 29, 30 – something like that, and then Lance, like, 36. Maybe if Lance becomes what we think he can be and, and is up there, you know, you'd need to be in the high-end quarterbacks who are in a quarterback one range to float all these assets up because all the receivers don't thrive while the quarterback's not doing anything in fantasy. It's just not – it's a numbers game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we can we can say all day that we want everybody to, to be that successful, but at the end of the day, you can only have 12 wide receiver ones, 12 wide receiver twos. You've, you've got to be able to slide these guys in somewhere. And I think I was, I don't think I had a much higher than 29. So it doesn't make any sense just based on the numbers. If we put 
Debo, Ayuk, and, and Kittle all ones or high twos at their position, but then Jimmy G is not putting up any points either. Uh, how many – what would you cap Jimmy G at? I, I honestly think he starts the whole season. I, I do think the 49ers are going to be good this year. So until I think they fall out of the playoff race, I'm not expecting to see Lance. And I think – I'm pretty sure the first time we did it, I had the 49ers in. And I think when we redo our schedule game, I'm probably still going to have them in. I think they're going to be good this year. Yeah, most every time I've I've done my practice passes with the NFC West, I have all four teams over 500. Um, I think the 49ers are probably in it in that division all the way in through to December. So it's a matter of does Jimmy G get injured and miss a game, or are they out of it? You know, week 15, 16, they or they just decide to see what they've got. I think if they think they're making the playoffs, they're not making a change. So. I expect Jimmy G to start at least 12 games, probably more. All right. Wide receiver 25, your guy, Cortland Sutton, comes in at 25.67 in the consensus. You have him at 24, Dennis 25, and then I have him at 28. Uh, For me, he likely will move up some as we get closer to the season. It was a little bit of hedging my bets just because – when I was finishing my wide receiver rankings, the report came out that Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater are still tied. And even though I believe that Locke is going to win the job, if Teddy Bridgewater wins it, I think that it just caps the upside of all the wide receivers, really all the receiving options in the Denver offense, because I don't think he's going to have as many down-the-field big plays that Drew Locke can have. You've got him here at 24. You know, there are a lot of people who are still sleeping on him. I've seen him going really late in drafts, maybe just because people forgotten about him because of the injury last year. Uh, but your thoughts on Sutton this season? Yeah, and I I believe Drew Locke's going to get it, which would benefit Sutton. You could make the argument Jerry Judy may benefit more if Teddy Bridgewater gets there. But even if Bridgewater is in there, um, well, my heart will sink every time I have to watch that team take the field. We did see a guy like DJ Moore. Um, yeah still finish as wide receiver 25. I don't have him incredibly high. I would love in my heart of hearts, I would love to put him up higher, but there's another situation. We don't expect the Denver quarterback to be a super great fantasy value. I think no fans can have a decent season. They have Judy Hamler, Patrick. They have a lot of guys who are going to contribute a little bit. So I think getting one receiver up into wide receiver two and one in wide receiver three makes more sense for me. I went Sutton. I think he's the better receiver. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. I have I have Judy uh, a fair amount lower than than Cortland Sutton. So I'm, I'm interested. I saw a lot of people who who are saying this is a Jerry Judy breakout season. I guess it depends on what you classify as breakout. I don't think Judy was bad last year, but I, I don't. I, I'm not a lot sure. Of drops. See, yeah, I'm not sure. I see Judy jumping up into like wide receiver two range, like uh, some people have mentioned. Next up, wide receiver twenty six, DJ Chark, twenty five point six seven in the consensus. You have him at twenty. I have him at twenty five. Dennis has him at thirty two. Uh, you have DJ Chark up as a wide receiver two, the only out of only one out of the three of us. Uh, your thoughts on Chark in with Jacksonville? I mean, I like DJ. Chark's talent. Uh, I think last year their situation wasn't very good. You were much more bullish last year, but I didn't believe in Gardner Minshew, and that turned out to be really the difference. I think Trevor Lawrence is better and is going to have a better season. I like Chark a lot better than Marvin Jones at this stage of their career, and I mentioned before, I think 
LaVisca Chenault, uh, Travis Etienne, and James Robinson are all going to be doing similar things and capping each other's value. I think Chark's the one that becomes the clear number one guy. Yeah, uh, I I hope that you're right. Uh, a lot of the buzz coming out of the camp of out of camp right now is how good LaVisca Chenault's been. You know, I've talked about the way that they use uh, guys like him in that H-back role in that offense with Urban Meyer, so I'm really worried about that, how that may affect Chark, but he's definitely got the best quarterback he's had since he's been in the NFL, and I agree with you. His talent is, is undeniable. He is a very good wide receiver, so if Lawrence can get him the ball, would not be surprised if he jumps up into wide receiver two territory. I mean, I have him at 25, so realistically just on the outside. I hate to say this. We know we're going to see some injuries at some point from some of these guys. These, these rankings are not going to stay this way, just based on players getting hurt or whatever happening. So I would be surprised if Chark jumps up there, uh, but I was a little hesitant to move up to Chark. I think I had him at 16 last year, if I'm remembering correctly. So, I mean, I was I was all in on Chark. I was definitely the yeah, highest. Yeah, three of us. So I'm, I'm, I just didn't believe in Minshew, and that ended yeah. up, unfortunately, being the, the real problem for him. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, I remember when we talked about it during the season, going through and, like, watching Jacksonville games and seeing uh, how many times Minshew missed him wide open and, and Chark getting frustrated. So that's not going to happen with Trevor Lawrence. As much, uh, as much as I like to talk about Fields being better than Lawrence, Lawrence is still a very, very good quarterback. All right, number 27, it is Adam Thielen coming in at 26.67 in the consensus. I am the highest uh, by decent margin here on him at 20. You have him at 29. Dennis has him at 31. Uh, For me, we talked a little bit about him when we did the Minnesota preview. I do know, or I do think that he's going to regress a little bit. Last year, he finished as a top 12 wide receiver, but that was mostly buoyed by all the touchdowns he got. Don't think he's going to get as many touchdowns this year, but I still think because of the chemistry he has with Kirk Cousins, that Cousins is going to look for him enough in the red zone to still get him a decent amount to buoy him up to a wide receiver too. Maybe I went a little high on 20, probably probably should have slotted him in at about 24, but I still think he comes in as a wide receiver too this year, and we continue to see a slow decline for him over the next couple seasons. Yeah, and that's certainly possible. For me, I baked in three things. Uh, I think he has fewer touchdowns. Um, I think Minnesota maybe throws the ball a little bit less uh, because they can play maybe play a little better defense and still run a lot. And three, for me, the splits for him when Irv Smith kind of started take, coming on at the end of the year uh, dropped Thielen's numbers quite a bit. I think he gets hurt more by Irv Smith ascending, and I feel like Smurf, uh, Irv Smith is on the cusp of taking a big step up. All right, next up for us is wide receiver 28, which is Juju Smith-Schuster. Comes in at 27.33 in the consensus. You are the highest on him, which we talked a little bit about on Tuesday's episode. You have him at 22, Dennis 26, and then I have him at 34. Uh, You talked about how you believe he is going to be the highest uh, or the best wide receiver for fantasy uh, this year in Pittsburgh. Yeah, don't need to belabor the point. We talked quite a bit about them before. I think, you know, as I said, I think Pittsburgh takes a little bit of a step back and has, instead of, you know, three wide receiver twos, has one wide receiver two and two wide receiver threes. He's my pick to be the highest as he was last year. Yeah, and again, I'll just uh, just to reiterate my point, uh, not to dive all the way into it. I just I'm worried about the offensive line, worried about Big Ben. 
uh, making the big plays. And I think, you know, he, he went to Deontay with a lot of volume last year. I think if, if he can continue to uh, improve with his catches and not have as many drops, I think Deontay is still going to be the one uh, and outproduce Juju by just a little bit here. At number Shout 29, out to our friends, Austin and Colin, who will agree with me. Yes, they will definitely agree with you on that. That, that is for sure. Uh, for at wide receiver 29, Odell Beckham Jr. Comes in at 27.33 in the consensus. I was a little bit surprised by this ranking. I'm not going to lie. I, I am the highest, but not by much. Only two spots. Uh, I, I thought you two would definitely come in lower. You both have him at 28. And I'm going to be honest. I did the I same wanted to put him higher. I so did I. Where I put him, I just couldn't bring myself to to think he was going to be demonstrably better than I love the talent but I you know it's the uh, the offensive scheme I think he's going to have a fine season but this felt about right unfortunately yeah, I, I was going to say, I did everything I did with uh, I, we talked about with uh, Jamar Chase I did the same thing with Odell Beckham Jr. I was doing everything I could to move him up higher and it's just I think Baker's going to go out there and have an amazing season, and it's very possible that he ends up finishing as a wide receiver too. Uh, because I do think Odell brings a difference to that offense. He won them that game again in Dallas last year, and I think he would have helped them win some of those closer games later on down the stretch that the Browns had, and even possibly that Chiefs game. They did not have that playmaker. We've heard it. Now, granted, we it feel I feel like we've heard it the past couple offseasons. Those two have really improved their chemistry and they're looking good out there. But I also think Baker is in a much better place this year than he has been the past couple seasons with what's going on with them having the same offensive coordinator and head coach for the first time in his entire career, which is crazy to say. Them knowing this offense now going into a second season of it, seeing all the success, knowing that you've got Jarvis, you know, Donovan Peoples Jones is looking really good out there. You got Higgins, and then you can rely so much on Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Three tight ends. With Harrison Bryant, Austin Hooper. So it's going to be, I think, a really good offense. Odell, while still, I think the defenses will respect him as the best wide receiver on that field. He's not a guy with the way that offense is going to be run. I think that can be double covered all the time. And my biggest thing with that offense is in the past, that first year that he was with them, Freddie Kitchens head coach. A lot of times they were having Odell run these long routes, and the reason Baker couldn't get him the ball was that the offense was, or he was having to run around in the back in the uh, backfield and was getting sacked because that offensive line couldn't protect him. I will say on the worst side, they have a top five offensive line right now. Obviously, assuming nobody gets injured, they're going to be able to protect him longer. Odell looks like he's still got the speed, still got the explosiveness. You give Baker a little bit of time, he's going to be able to put that ball right on Odell if he starts getting open. I, I honestly think we could see a return of, of Odell's you know first couple years there in New York. And it's going to be special for the Browns, special for him, special for Baker. So I'm excited. I really hope he's the one in this range that I'm dead wrong on. Um, and, and, you know, we all have Baker very high. So that that's the crazy thing. I think Dennis had him at 15. You and me both had him at 13 or 14, something like that. We had him. I think I had him at 13, if I'm remembering correctly. So we had we had Baker high. But we don't have many of the Browns wide receivers that high. I mean, Odell comes in at 29. Jarvis is lower for all of us. So someone's going to be getting that volume, and I think it's going to end up being Odell. Yeah, I mean, it would not surprise me. I'd be happy for him if he finishes a receiver, too. I I, he's another one I assumed I'd have him as a wide receiver too. I just couldn't find where I felt good about moving him above. Yeah. 
All right, so wide receiver 30, we have T. Higgins. Uh, comes in at 28 in the consensus. Uh, Dennis is much higher on him than you and me. So Dennis has him up at 17. Den- uh, Matt, you have him at 32, and then I have him at 35. Uh, this was one of those groups that I couldn't really separate. I, I knew one of these guys I think was going to have the good season, so I went ahead and went with Lamar Chase. Would not be surprised if, if him and, and uh, Higgins switch places here for fantasy uh, but Higgins dropped a little bit because, again, I talked about I do have some concerns about the Bengals, Joe Burrow, and this offense. Yeah, I'm kind of the same as you. At one point in time, I did have Higgins the highest, but I ultimately feel like Jamar Chase, where they took him and his previous relationship with Burrow, ends up kind of winning out. I really like Higgins' talent. I think the Bengals are a team that we might see take a small step this year, depending on how Burrow's health is, but they're still a few years away. Yeah, and again, Higgins could very easily become that guy. I would not be surprised about that one bit. 31, Chase Claypool comes in at 32.33 in the consensus. Matt, you and I both have him at 35. Dennis, or 31, I'm sorry, Dennis has him at 35. We talked a little bit about this. You know, none of us are that big on the Steelers this year. I still think they're a playoff team, but I don't think they're going to be quite that explosive offense and, and, not, and pass the ball as much as they have the past couple seasons. So for me, that really kind of brings Chase Claypool back a little bit because I'm not sure Big Ben is going to be able to get those big explosive plays. I think it's going to be more Deontay and Juju. Um, So Claypool, I think, is probably the future, maybe the best wide receiver out of the three, but I just don't see it happening this year. Yeah, and that's going to be the question. Does it end up being him or Deontay Johnson that's the best long-term? I tend to agree with you. He made a lot of his – a lot of his success came from big plays and big touchdown output. I think that comes back to earth a little bit. All right. Next up, Brandon Cooks. Coming in at 32, 33.33 in the consensus. You have him at 26. Dennis has him at 34. I have him at 40. Uh, so I'll let you go first on this one, being the highest on him, uh, and then I'll, I'll kind of give my I'll, I'll pour water on on it, I guess, because I'm I'm a lot lower than uh, than you are on Brandon Cooks. So I moved him up quite a bit because we saw him have a pretty exceptional season, and because, as I noted before, I've come around on the idea that Deshaun Watson plays this year. Now it may end up being for the Eagles, in which case. I would probably slide Cooks back if I thought he was getting all Tyrod Taylor. Uh, But he is by far and away the best receiver, especially with Cobb being dealt. We don't know what Miller's going to develop into. He had a pretty great season, and that was with Watson. I think if Watson's there and Watson plays, it's hard to say he's going to be that far away from wide receiver two range. Yeah, I think my biggest fear is that it's likely going to be Tyrod Taylor all year. And so even though I know Brandon Or Jalen Hurts. That, that is possible, yeah. I mean, if, if the news is true that Watson does get traded to Philly, which, you know, honestly, if it's Hurts, I would probably race him up a little bit because I do believe Hurts can support a, you know, wide receiver two or close to that, especially as his number one. And I don't think Cooks ends up having a good season. I mean, you know, you, you talk about him, and it's almost like that Mike Evans stat that sneaks up on you, right? Like, he's had a 1,000 yards every single year he's been in the league. So he's not a bad wide receiver. He's, he's very good. It's just – Tyrod worries me. That whole Houston team just is going to be a dumpster fire, but that also could work in Cook's favor in getting a ton of garbage time points because they're going to be down so bad, I think, in some of these games. 
they're just going to keep heaving it up. And if they keep doing that and Cooks is the recipient of that, we could very much see an Allen Robinson, Blake Bortles type season out of those two um, for fantasy. So I would not be surprised if it happens. I just, for me, I kind of ranked him this low because I'm just, I, I'm, I, I wouldn't be surprised if I see it, but I'm very hesitant to see it because I've, I've just, I don't think Tyrod Taylor can do it. At 33, we have Tyler Boyd. Comes in at 34.67 in the consensus. I have him at 37. Dennis has him at 27. Matt, you have him at 40. Me and you are pretty close. I think that just It's funny because when we did quarterbacks, Dennis was the lowest, uh, I think, of the three of us on Burrow. But he's by far the most bullish that these three receivers just kill it. It goes back to what we talked about before. I little less that – less excited that all the receivers kill it yeah i mean and i'm sure some of that too is i think he was lower on mixon if i'm remembering correctly so maybe he just doesn't think they're going to be able to run the ball as well um because i i do have mixon high i think mixon if he stays healthy is going to be in for a big season too like i said it's just that offensive line and burrow's knee worries me I, i i don't would not be surprised if one wide receiver really balls out and then the other two are kind of in this range. And that's really the way I have it. I mean, I have Chase much higher than the other two. And then I have uh, Higgins and, I mean, Boyd lower than Higgins by, what is it, a couple, two spots. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. these two are grouped right in with each other. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's Higgins and Chase. I don't think Boyd's the best wide receiver on the team. But I can see Higgins yeah. and Chase flipping spots for, for me. Well, and that's – I like Higgins and Chase so much, and those are the young guys they've invested in. I You know, Boyd's a, f- a fine – talent and I think he'll be I think he's probably a guy that ends up being more valuable as an NFL asset than a fantasy asset at 34 Jerry Judy 36 in the consensus you have him at 34 I have him at 36 and Dennis has him at 38 talked a little bit about him uh when we mentioned Cortland Sutton but any other thoughts here on on Jerry Judy and the the Broncos offense here yeah I mean uh, Judy had an even first season. He's had, uh, by all accounts, a great camp. Um, there's a reason they took him high. Uh, I think, like Sutton, like the rest of them, the quarterback situation is going to define how high they can go. I like him. I'm not willing to go higher than one low-end wide receiver two and one low-end wide receiver three for Denver right now. Yeah, I mean, even with Locke, I think because of what I expect out of Sutton and then uh... – Fant as well. I think Fant is going to be in for a really big year year with them, and the fact that they and seem to Patrick, want to run the they're ball. still going to use yeah. they're still going to use Hamler. They you know they're talking about there's a lot of receivers that are on the fringe of making it that they'd like to find a way to incorporate Warren them. Jackson. I think they're going to run the ball uh, you know a fair amount. I, you don't get a Javante Williams and have a Melvin Gordon without planning on running. Yeah, and I don't know right. how high volume they're going to be. You know, if Teddy ends up the quarterback. He has never had more than 15 touchdown passes in a season. To me, that incredibly capture receivers, even in PPR, there's only so high they can go if they're not getting touchdowns. Yeah, that, and that's again, you know, we again we just talked about that with Cortland Sutton. I agree with you that that may be where I switch some of these guys around, just because we don't know who that quarterback's going to be. I expect it to be Locke, which I think helps Fant and Sutton. But if it ends up being Teddy Bridgewater, I think that does help more of a Jerry Judy maybe a Patrick, maybe even the running backs if he decides to jump off, dump off to them. But, I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, I do expect them to run the ball a lot, too. You don't go out and get Javante Williams. Trade up to get Javante Williams for no reason. And from everything I've read, they still seem to really uh, be giving Melvin Gordon the ball a lot, too, right now in these practices. So. 
I know that's upsetting to you. Yeah. If the ground opened up and swallowed Teddy Bridgewater and Melvin Gordon, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't miss him. <laughs> At 35, Robbie Anderson, 36.33 in the consensus. You have him at 38. I have him at 38. Dennis has him at 33. So we're expecting quite the drop-off for him this year in the Panthers' offense. Is that Darnold-related, or you just think uh, have DJ Moore? We all have DJ Moore ranked very higher. So it's that CMC back, DJ Moore takeover is the one. I really think that's that's more it. Um, You know, and I expect them to get David Moore and Terrace Marchful to be involved a little bit. Uh, Robbie Anderson had a fantastic season last year. Uh, I think surprising in a lot of ways, but I, you know, we talked about. I think DJ Moore goes back to the guy that we're expecting a little bit higher in the low teens, um, which curbs some opportunities. And Christian McCaffrey, you know, if he's back, he's he's volume not only running but passing. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm right there with you. Um... Was never really a big believer in Robbie Anderson to begin with. Definitely proved me wrong last year. He was the best wide receiver for the Panthers. And for me, I will say, while I do believe the DJ Moore and CMC side, I also am a little bit nervous about Sam Darnold. I hope he works out, uh, but he hasn't really shown me outside of, I would say, probably a handful of plays that he's going to be good. So believe in Joe Brady. You know, again, we talked a lot about this last year. I was very high on the Panthers uh, and this offense last year. And, and even – even as questionable as Sam Darnold is, I think I, I would very happily say that he is better than Teddy Bridgewater. So we saw what Teddy Bridgewater was able to do in this offense with Joe Brady and the weapons. Sam Darnold should be able to do the same thing. But uh, I just, I, I think this is it. This is DJ Moore's year to kind of really shoot up and and shine. And, and let's not forget about Terrace Marshall. You know, I, I'll be honest, I was very low on him when it came to all of the the rookie stuff. He he struggled with some drops in college. That I thought was going to be a big thing, but. From everything I've read, he's killing it in camp. He's looking really good. He's a big slot weapon. I mean, that could be just another little thing to help out Sam Darnold. Uh, Joe Brady, just just to kind of clarify this, uh, when, when Jamar Chase had his massive season in college and Justin Jefferson was in the slot a lot as well for LSU in college, and that was, what, that was the offense Joe Brady ran. He was the offensive coordinator that year that Joe Burrow uh, and Jamar Chase, uh, Justin Jefferson went off on college football Terrace Marshall was a part of that team. A lot of people may not remember that because he didn't do much. He was really good in the first half of the season, got injured, missed the second half. Joe Brady knows how to use Terrace Marshall, and he could be in for a huge rookie season. I think that affects um, Robbie Anderson here a little bit as well. 36 is Michael Gallup. Comes in at 38.33 in the consensus. I have him at 33. Dennis has him at 39. You have him at 43. Uh, is this a, a volume thing? What has you uh, so much lower on Gallup? Yeah, I mean, I was the, one of the highest on Lamb. I think he takes a big step up, but I also think Amari Cooper's not far off, and they're both, you know, in that 10 to 15 range. I personally think they're going to use both their tight ends. I think Zeke's going to have a good season, and even if you throw the ball 650 times, there's only so many that you can get. I think barring an injury to one of those guys, Gallup is the third receiver, you know, and is, you know, somewhere between a wide receiver three and a high end wide receiver four. Yeah, it's, it's volume for me. Even if they do throw the ball um, a decent amount, 
Jarwin's definitely going to be involved this season. We saw how much the tight end was involved in the second half of that season. They had a top 12 tight end for fantasy. Uh, and I think that's going to continue this year, getting Dak back. I know that there have been the reports that they're going to kind of manage Zeke's workload for the playoffs. They still have Tony Pollard, who played really good. I think that they're going to try to make the playoffs first. Exactly. Well, and I also think, I do think they believe that as somewhat, I think that's their way of working Tony Pollard in more, I think is their polite way of putting it. Like we're, we're managing Zeke, not because Tony Pollard's better or anything like that. And I'm not saying Tony Pollard is. I think the reason they want to do that though, is to protect Dak. I don't think they want Dak to run the ball as much. And I think they're going to try and protect him by running the ball with their two very good running backs. And that then is also going to decrease the passing game a lot as well. We've seen that they've done a little bit to their defense here. They're improving it. One of the reasons Dak had to throw it as much as he did last year is because of how bad that defense was. I think that defense could be more toward the middle of the pack this year, which means, again, you don't have to throw the ball as much. So you've got C.D. Lamb. You've got Amari Cooper. I think the tight end gets involved. Someone has to take a hit here. Not all these guys, you know, even though we have Dak up at QB3, I think, in our consensus, you you can't have all these guys as really high-end players. Now, I do think the one thing I will say Gallup's a free agent. I could see him going somewhere and being a guy. I don't think he'll ever be a wide receiver yeah. one, but I think he could be a wide receiver two for somebody. Uh, but I just I don't see it with Dallas this year. I, I just don't think it's going to happen. I hope I'm wrong because I love his talent, um, and I think he's shined a lot. But we, I just I don't think we're going to get it this year. Yeah, better better things probably ahead for him. Exactly. At 37, we've got Devonta Smith, 38.33 in the consensus. Uh, that is buoyed mostly by my ranking of him at 30. Matt, you have him at 41. Dennis has him at 44. And I think that's just, I mentioned it earlier with Brandon Cooks, with the rumors of Jalen Hurts getting traded to Houston. I think Jalen Hurts is going to be able to really help out one wide receiver. I think it's going to be Devonta Smith. I love Rager. I think he's really good wide receiver. He was my number two last year behind C.D. Lamb, and I think he's the perfect complement to a Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith is really good. I think he's going to go out there, and again, I can't say have an amazing season because I have him down here at wide receiver 30, but I think he's going to have a, a really good season for the Eagles and be a wide receiver three for fantasy, and I think he's going to be just fine being the number one for them. Having Goddard, Rager is going to help him out a lot as well. Yeah, I think he'll have a fine season. I'm not as high on Hertz um, as as some others, and I also am concerned that Smith won't play a full season. We've already seen him banged up a little bit. Um, Philly seems to have, I don't know if it's training or whatever, they seem to have the worst injury luck. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so and if you guys don't know what Matt's referring to is uh, Smith does have an MCL sprain right now. Uh, he is expected to be fine by the by the start of the season, but he is uh, sitting out some of the practices right now due to, due to that MCL sprain. Yeah, he won't probably get much work in the preseason. And as a rookie, I know he's played with Hurts before, but I, I think that's an impediment a little bit to a young receiver. At 38, we've got Debo Samuel, 38.67 in the consensus. You are much lower on him than Matt and myself. You've got him at 51. My ranking was not updated. He will not be at 29, but I do have him at 29 of the time of this exercise, and Dennis has him at 36. I will have him closer to 36. Uh, We talked a little bit about this with the Brandon Ayuk that we just think Ayuk's going to be the guy in this offense with Kittle. It's going to be a low-passing offense that's going to hurt Debo. Anything else to add on Debo? 
No, I mean, it's not a reflection I don't care for him. I, I also worry about him. You know, if he only plays 10 or 12 games, that limits his upside. Wide receiver is crazy deep. I, I mean, there are probably 60 or 70 guys I could see playing for you and contributing. And with the rise of starting three receivers and playing two to four flex, a lot of these guys, even in this range, you know, even a guy that I think could end up as the 51st wide receiver is probably a guy a lot of people are playing week to week when he's there. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at the list. I'm just going to throw some numbers out at you. Wide receiver 50, wide receiver 52, wide receiver 53, wide receiver 56, 57, 60. Uh, I mean, we went, Dennis went 100 plus in his rankings. I did not go that deep. But we, me and you, though, went 100 in our yep. wide receiver ranks. Some of those numbers that I just mentioned are wide receivers. I would perfectly be happy with having his wide receiver threes. Like, I think the joke we talk about all the time on tight ends where like after tight end, like six through 24 is not separated by much. And I think I went through and did the, the numbers on it and they were only separated by like, literally it was like a couple of different touchdowns here or there separated that large a number of tight ends. I honestly think you could say the same thing about a lot of these from like maybe wide receiver 30 through 60. And I know that sounds crazy when you say that 30 different players, but it's so deep, and I think so many of these players are going to be so close together that you're going to – that's why in a lot of my drafts, I have not been attacking wide receiver early because I just feel like I can get so much value later in these drafts, and I feel like these rankings are showing it. Because, again, we have right now – I'm just going to talk about it. He'll be the last wide receiver we finish talking about tonight is Jarvis Landry, who comes in at wide receiver 40 for us. He finishes as a wide receiver, too, practically every season, and he's wide receiver 40 for us this year. Like – it's crazy deep. It just really is. Yeah. You know, I think we talked about the two hardest positions for us to go through were running back and wide receiver for the exact opposite reasons. Yeah. You know, running back gets a little sketchy a little earlier. You know, by the time I'm in the 19 or 20 range and running back, I'm like, please don't let this guy be the top running back I have on my team or else I'm going to need some prayers week to week. Wide receiver, you know, you're going down and you just you feel guilt stricken because you can't move some of these people up who you think are going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was not a, not at all surprised to see where I had Jarvis Lange and be like, but the dude produces and yet I still can't get him much higher than this. So, uh, and, and last on Debo, I'll mention, uh, for me, I, I am factoring in the fact that I just I don't think he plays a full season. I, I, I mean, he, I don't think he, he's not played a full season since he's been in the NFL. I don't think this year is going to be the first one either. So I, I do factor that in somewhat with him. You have to you have to take on that injury risk at thirty nine. And I will be honest, this this ranking may change for me too now with the news that we just got, uh, and that is Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, 41 in the consensus, 44 for you, 42 for me, 37 for Dennis. I, I thought that Pittman could end up having a really good year this year. Uh, I mean, I, I, I liked Jacob Eason coming out. I won't lie. I had the recruiting pedigree, you know, goes to Washington, has subpar seasons, nothing really that great, but big arm. He's got the tools. Don't know if he's ever going to put it together. But losing Carson Wentz is, is uh, I think, going to be a big deal. I think it's going to hurt this entire Indy, Indianapolis Colts offense. Yeah, that was it for me, too. You know, I've been bullish on him, but I, I took him and, and Hilton both down a little bit. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at this point if Carson Wentz starts the season on Pup. Yeah. And if they don't go get somebody, 
you know, we'll get a look to see what Jacob Eason is, but six games and they have a incredibly brutal stretch. When I was looking at their schedule, even with Carson Wentz, I thought Indy could be one of those teams that doesn't have a good start, but still makes the playoffs. Now I think they probably won't have a good start and won't make the playoffs. Yeah, I think when we did the exercise, I think I had them in as like my last seed. I don't think I had them winning the game. Yeah, I had them like nine or ten wins, and I think with him out, you know, they end up more probably in the six to eight range, unfortunately, for them. Yeah. And for our friend Tony. Yeah, unfortunately not going to be a great way to start the season. For them, and then wide receiver four. I just mentioned him a minute ago. Comes in at forty one point three three in the consensus. That is Jarvis Landry. I have him at thirty nine. You have him at forty five. Dennis has him at forty. Uh, you know, again, it's weird because we have Baker so high, but we're not as high on some of the wide receivers. I am high on on Bryant. Bryant might surprise you where I have him in my tight end rankings. Um, but I, I do think this is going to be a very good offense overall. I do think they're going to be very pass. Friendly. I don't want to say pass heavy. They're definitely going to run the ball up, but I think they're going to be more pass friendly than people give them credit for. Uh, but it's just hard to project these guys high because I do think when the Browns start getting a, a 10 point lead, 14 point lead, when that happens, they're going to rely on Chubb and Hunt and that defense to close out games instead of Baker in the passing game. Yeah. And Landry, when he's been at his best, he's been kind of a volume receiver. And I just, don't foresee that happening, especially last year. He played almost all of this the second half of the era. He did play all the second half of the season, but more than 50% of the season without OBJ. And still, he wasn't in the wide receiver two range last year. I'm pretty sure he was 27 or 28. Yeah. So I think with OBJ coming back, it drops him a bit. Yeah, and, and that was another factor for me moving him up was was how high, and again, I wanted to move him higher, but how high I did have uh, Odell coming in because I do think this is going to be the year for Odell. And I feel bad saying that because I, I feel like I've been saying it. The past One of these of years, years it's going to happen. happen. Oh, let's hope. Uh, where did he finish? Now I can't find him. Did he really finish much lower than that? I'm missing Jarvis Landry somewhere. 33 last year, actually. 33. You have to take into effect, though, he did miss the game. Was it two games? No, I think it was just one game. He did miss at least one game with COVID. So we do have to take that. The whole wide receiver core was out that game. I do remember that. He shows he only played 15 games. So, yeah, he he did miss a whole game. And, I mean, he only missed making a – you know, up to 26 by roughly 18 points. So probably doesn't get, but I mean, that's how, but that's how tight it is. You know, he had a hundred targets last year, caught 72, you know, those seasons where he was really humming, he's catching a hundred passes. He's catching 90 passes since he's been in Cleveland. His best has been 83. I don't know if he's a huge touchdown threat, you know, so, Something's got to give. Yeah, so just just to give you guys an idea of what we were talking about. So last year, he was only separated by 24 points from the top 24 wide receivers. Like going up to to jump up to 24 is 24 points. So that is just like one really great day for a wide receiver. So, and that's my point. Like these guys are, yeah, that's that's not separated by much. So these guys are all really close. Uh, so that that's it for us tonight. A uh, nice kind of quick episode there. Again, if you guys uh, 
decide to watch the Hall of Fame game. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about it. If there's anything great that happens, I will have it on. I will I will definitely watch some of it. Um, but outside of that, uh, if any news pops up over the weekend, we'll definitely dive into that come Monday. Uh, likely will be me and Matt again as we finish up the wide receiver rankings. So until then, everybody have yourself a great weekend, and we will see you guys again on Monday. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Who can make a play? I can! Who can make a play?